Hey everybody, got to start this episode on a little bit more of a serious note. Uh, as you know, I'm a music teacher, and one of my fifth grade students, a boy named Garrett, uh, he was recently diagnosed with a brain tumor. Uh, surgery, uh, they were able to remove 90% of the tumor, uh, but it was a cancerous tumor, so he will be going through radiation uh, and chemotherapy. And it needs to be done in Chicago, which is uh, two and a half, three hours from here. So uh, his family is in a big financial hardship right now. Also, mom uh, is raising him and his twin sister and their older sister um, by herself. Their dad was killed in an accident when they were six years old. So uh, they've had a rough go of it. And... um, we're trying to do what we can, you know, uh, my two schools to raise money for them. You know, it's rural Indiana. It's uh, everyone's, you know, it's a very, very friendly community and everyone wants to bond together to help uh, Garrett's family. And I wanted to think of what I could do um, with all of my little projects that I do. And, uh, you know, the podcast is one of those things and I'm, so grateful for everyone that listens to this and especially for my uh, Patreon subscribers for supporting me. And uh, so I wanted to announce that for the month of May, I will be donating the entirety of my Patreon take to the family. So if you are ever on the fence about whether you, uh, you might want to join or not, uh, if you join from any time now until the end of May, uh, all the money I make in May on there, 100% of it will be going to Garrett's family. I also am for the first time opening up uh, the availability of getting a This Might Be a Podcast t-shirt uh, if you are not a Patreon. So those are available as a gift if you donate uh, at least. Uh, those will be $25. Going a little higher on that since it's um, for a good cause. So uh, you can hit me up at this might be a pod <clears throat> at Gmail. Uh, or if we're connected on Facebook, you suggest you can message me there uh, if you're wanting to get one of those shirts. Uh, yeah, like I said, subscribe on Patreon. Uh, I'm also donating all profits from my two bands uh, to uh, Garrett's family for uh, the next few weeks. So you can go to outdoorvalor.bandcamp.com. All the CDs we've got, T-shirts, downloads, all that stuff, uh, all the profits will go to them. And my other band, Doppelpopolis, com. We got two CDs on there. We've got some shirts, too, uh, designed by Abby Bash. You know, half of the stuff I'm selling here is designed by Abby. Uh, it's all good good shit, and uh, it goes to a good cause. So um, hit me up if you want a Doppelpopolis shirt. I don't believe they're on the band camp. You could just get at me. Yeah, this might be a pod at Gmail. And the Patreon, like I said, my entire May take is going to Garrett's family. So sign up there uh, if you'd like. Even if you want to just grab those bonus episodes and some merch and and, and get out after May, that's fine. So uh, that's patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. And uh, yeah, or if you just want to donate, you can get at me. I'm just collecting money from every direction. And uh, then I'm going to write the family check uh, when I get it all together. So. I think, um, yeah, I think that, that's about it. So get at me if you got any questions or or anything like that. So uh, now on to a much more uh, goofy and lighthearted thing like this podcast usually is. 
Uh, it's me and Kai Pfeiffer talking about Music Jail Part 1 and 2. So yeah, here we go. Hang on. Hang on. Height. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here today with Kai Pfeiffer to talk about the song Music Jail Part 1 and 2 off of Glean. Here we go. Dude. Hey, man. So good to be here. I'm so excited to nerd out about one of my favorite bands of all time. With Glad the, to finally be chatting in person. Yeah. Yeah. With one of my favorite podcasters of all time. So as uh, in person as we could be. Oh, one, oh thank you. I'm <laughs> blushing over here. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, we have been interacting online for so much over the past two years just with uh, chatting back and forth on Facebook and Twitter and listening to each other's covers. We're both, at, yeah. you know, pretty prolific. They might be Giants covers. And uh, and y- you impressively have listened to every episode of this podcast. Yes. Which, yeah, that's something. We're like one-ninth of the way through their <laughs> documented recorded catalog, so... I know. <laughs> that puts it's, it in perspective, it, doesn't it? It's insane. Yeah, I was talking <laughs> to my friends who do this Jimmy World song-by-song podcast, and 
they're already in the 70s of their episodes, and I think the band only has 170-something songs. Which is standard, right? You know, for most respectable bands. Right. I mean, yeah, Jimmy World's output has been pretty regular, but they, you know, like in the Glean Dial a Song album cycle, they, you know, they've they've not put out, you know, three albums in a year or or a year and a half or whatever it was with this cycle. Talk about prolific, you know. Yeah. Talk about putting a workload on myself. (laughs) This is going to have to be a legacy podcast. I think you've said that, but like, does does your daughter know that she's going to have to take this from you? Because... Yeah. A, the Johns are probably immortal. You know, I know Lino likes to sing about death and all that, but they're going to be around a while, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. And j- just trying to keep up, like, you know, the because I started it, yeah, at the end of the year that they had put out, I like fun, my murdered remains and escape team. So, like, just in that year, they put out as many songs as I could have put out episodes. So really it was just like a wash. Like I wasn't like cr- cr- catching up even, on them dude. at all. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But oh, awesome. Boy. Isn't that great? Like one of your favorite bands and they put out so much stuff. I mean, this is the time to be a TMBG fan. Like right now we got multiple podcasts, you know, we got the Facebook groups, you know, and they all kind of interweave too. It's, so yeah. cool to me the community you know you were talking about the covers getting to hear the people that do that so they're not just like you know uh, a dialogue uh, thread on a facebook page so it's cool to me to get to hear them as people you know like on your podcast i love it yeah it is the yeah. time to be a tmbg fan I know. I feel like building a little kind of family here with uh, oh, totally, man! All the people that have been on, and then you know, all the different fans get to hear you know more in depth about their internet friends and feel yeah. like they get to know them better. And then just seeing people that I've had on as guests and people that have covered stuff all interacting on on Twitter and stuff like that, getting you know more chummy throughout all the uh, the you're interactions the and stuff lore, like that. It's super Greg. fun. You're part of the. I mean, you're on the <laughs> wiki. I'm on the wiki, so, the wiki I mean, page. What more can be said? <laughs> I know that's uh, it's an honor. That wiki, it's uh, it's one of the best, the best fan wiki that has ever existed uh, for anything. Absolutely, no doubt. Impressive. So, yeah. So uh, this is your. This might be a podcast debut, my man. Yes. So you need to tell the folks about uh, the history of your fandom of the MIP Giants. Yeah, I can do that. So you and I are the same age, I think. Yeah, I'll be turning 40 in August. Yep, yep, I'm on the verge of 40 myself. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, of the uh, Tiny Toons generation, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we should just dub it that. It's, I know, yeah. just dub it, just have the same person explain. But I do, I do remember seeing that Tiny Toons definitely made an impression, you know. So my friends in middle school in kind of my the middle school era they were total grunge heads like sure. and, I, and I love that stuff right but but I was listening to the Beatles you know and like Pink Floyd that's what I wanted to listen to uh, is that primarily. what your parents listened to oh yeah yeah my mom was a big uh, the first album I ever owned was Rubber Soul you know solid respectable is, first which, purchase yes and, you know I bought uh. it with my own money and I, it's still one of my favorite Beatles albums so I remember being like, you know, yeah, man, In Bloom is a cool song by, you know, Nirvana, but 
have you heard River of Dreams by Billy Joel? And <laughs> and my friends, my friends were like, dude, no. You know, and I just that's that's wussy stuff. I know exactly, and I just couldn't understand why people didn't like, you know, this kind of more melodically brilliant song by this like admittedly middle aged guy that was uncool and far <laughs> removed from grunge. But that's kind of like to give you some context, right? So I think TMBG appealed to me because we had, I mean, we had the best cartoon themes growing up as kids, right? I mean, we oh, had yeah. the Heathcliff theme on Nickelodeon. I don't know if you remember those shows like <laughs> Dinosaurs. Yeah, I, was, I did not have cable growing up, oh, unfortunately. Well, know. it was a big info because I was a TV generation kid. Loved Nickelodeon. Um, you know, Dinosaurs was like this 80s butt rock sounding. Dinosaurs. <laughs> it was just like so epic. Um, <laughs> dinosaurs. Yeah, I have it, never seen that. Uh, they were alien dinosaurs from another planet, and uh, you know they had some teen sidekicks. It was so stupid and and great. Um, <laughs> so obviously they might be just super melodic. So I heard them on Tiny Tunes. I loved them instantly. Uh, kind of forgot about them a little bit, right? Because uh, I saw that around the time it came out, I was kind of young. I don't know when mm-hmm. you started buying CDs. Like I remember, I think the first thing that I actually owned on tape was like MC Hammer. You know that that was like my generation. Same. You know that Same, awkward yeah. that awkward period before you you kind of like found your home musically. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, your own taste. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I definitely had Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him uh, <laughs> cassette and and a lot of the you know all the Weird Al stuff. But yeah, the first yeah the first CD I bought was uh, well I bought Magical Mystery Tour and oh, the Who Who's one. Next. Oh man! In one trip, so yeah, Great again ones. stuff I grew up on with uh, what my dad liked. Took me a while to work so. my way up to the Who, but I love the Who. They're awesome. Oh god, yeah. I don't even before I knew punk rock, just like these guys that you know introduced feedback into recordings and uh broke their instruments on stage and stuff i was all about it (laughs) well and they i mean they're really creative not to tangent but i mean this is the tangent podcast you know this might be a pod subtitle tangent (laughs) podcast um you know like uh those guys you know quick one while he's away and those guys are so creative in the who they were they had a lot of kind of tin pan alley show tuny stuff um you know, so it's not it's not that far of a throw to say that you know if you like the Who, you'll like they might be giants. At least in my mm-hmm. mind, yeah. Don't know yeah. what the crossovers ba- like for that. Sure, yeah. Bands that try to you know stretch their stretch their genre as far as it can go. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So I've kind of forgot about they might be giants a little bit, right? So Tiny Tunes comes out, and then Zeman's Music, which is like uh, the music store in Hood River, Oregon, where I grew up, and and I bought it there uh flood because I, it was in the it was in the used bin like so somebody probably heard istanbul <laughs> and we're like dead what the fuck is this like I- <laughs> this is scary <laughs> so i bought it and and i loved it and 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 then i heard i heard birdhouse and i was like whoa there's some next level shit going on this album and so mm-hmm. i i wore it out Drove my parents crazy with it. I have like this distinct memory of like I used to weed our flower beds in the front yard and and my parents would let me play music, you know, while I didn't. I would just crank the stereo and so I could hear it outside and, and 
they were like, can we listen to something else? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) So, and then I, uh, you know, so I had that album and I was just kind of understanding that I could buy albums, you know, I could go to Zeman's music and ask for stuff and, and they could get it. And so another similarity, you know, between yourself and me is like my, my family's from Pittsburgh, from Pennsylvania. So, uh, they're from the Pittsburgh area. So we went to visit them. Wow. And yeah. My, my parents grew up in Pittsburgh too. Yeah. I don't, I assume I mentioned that at some point on the podcast. Do, do they talk, do, do your parents say like, jeet yet? Do they, uh, 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 ask I every question with an upturned phrase? Do they, nah, do they I do think that? their, their Pittsburgh accents are fully gone. I mean, oh. they, they moved to Chicago in the 77, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing them. I remember, I remember thinking, they don't sound like they're from Pittsburgh, at least. I mean, my family, they had this really thick, like almost Yiddish accent. I'm not that we're Jewish or anything like that, but they had this, this really thick accent like that. It's, mm. just, it's just what they sounded like. But anyway, <laughs> we digress. So, I was at a music store in Pennsylvania and I bought John Henry. And I look at this album and I'm like, what the hell? Because the cover is weird, man. I mean, isn't <laughs> yeah. that they have some strange covers, but it's like particularly weird, don't you think? It's uh, it stands out amongst their uh, their catalog just because I, th- yeah, it's it's really strange. It's, it's the only album with like staged human staged humans, you know, as a as a photo kind of tableau or or what have you. Yeah, because a lot of their stuff is like uh, you know drawn artwork or uh, just things and not people or found yeah. photos like the flood photo you know yeah they like their art the, direction yeah. it doesn't fit with the rest of their art direction at least in my mind yeah not really no so i looked at that i'm like what what am i what am i even looking at? who are who is this child like on the, the cover it's just it was but it was the 90s too right that kind of stuff would show up in the 90s so i don't know maybe that's what they were going for but yeah it's definitely an alternative rock kind of cover yeah so i bought john henry totally blew my mind totally blew my mind i swear like i mean i love flood but john henry i love john henry you know and i swear i listened to that album for like a year straight nothing else so and I again think, it was an era where you only you know you had to buy music so you only yeah. owned so many things and you just listened to stuff over and over till you knew every word yeah you had to get to know it intimately you know it's not like the whippersnappers nowadays where they can just cherry pick you know the single and their favorite song like i'm like okay oh do not forsake me i'm i'm into this i'm going to get to know it i'm going to appreciate yep. it i spent you know i spent my my weeding flower bed money on this and it's all i got you know and so <laughs> but I, you know i didn't really have to be convinced i i loved it so so many rockers on that or 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 bangers you as know the kids say. as the kids like to say so, so many bops. Yeah. There are a lot of slappers on that one, Greg. <laughs> they that slap. Fucks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my TMBG story pretty much. And then since then, you know, I've been a fan ever since. I mean, I was in bands growing up, you know, and it was always kind of grunge-ish stuff. Every, we kind of knock off Nirvana type thing in bands right. in, in like middle school and high school and that kind of thing. But, you know, like you said... Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of friends that like love this band. You know what I mean? In this music mm-hmm. crowd, I'm alone, as they say. Oh, 
So <laughs> there you go, tying it in. Yeah. So and then so you were a solid fan throughout. You got every album as it came out. Was there any any yeah. any point where you you wavered? No, you're just no, no. I mean, down. I distinctly remember Factory Showroom coming out mm-hmm. and just being so excited like so excited i got that album and i listened to that into the ground and i remember my mom being like that's the xxy (laughs) one fingernail across your back she's just like not just totally disapproving like this is garbage you know one of their more risque songs oh i know so scandalous aren't they um (laughs) but i love that album too you know a lot of your guests have kind of spoken to this is that uh you know, your love of the band and the albums you love are totally dependent on where you are developmentally, like where your brain is, you know, like what that was like 90, was that like 95 or 96 or something like that, that that came out? Factory Showroom, 96. 96, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's like the mid 90s. I was uh, either a, a freshman or a sophomore in high school, you know, when I got that. So, yeah. I mean, I love that. I love that album too and i totally acknowledge the fact that it's it's probably not not their best uh unobjectively but it's just kind of where i was so yeah never wavered at all like i've bought every album as they've come out um i I make it a point to buy it you know even though streaming is because it's really easy to just not right you know um, before right. I knew about IFC, I I was like, I got to support this band that I love. I, I, I want to take my money, guys. Keep putting mm-hmm. amazing stuff out. Mm-hmm. So, at, you know, in college there, you know, when I was in undergrad and then when I went into graduate school, there was kind of a period where like um, I didn't have much time to do anything but school, uh, you know, but um, I still bought the albums and I still listen to them in the car, you know. Uh, you know, Glean is the album that I think um, that I got. And I was just like, oh, this is good. And then I didn't really listen to it that much. Mm. And then we'll, we'll probably touch on later, uh, you know, is the Glean from Australia kind of like lit the fire for me for that album and how, how great it is. So, yes, the the tribute comp, yes. uh, charity comp put together by Michael Valenchik. Yeah, I think that's yeah. how you say his name. I think so. I'm assuming it's it's Polish or something close. So I think that's how you'd say it. Valenchik. Yeah, fellow Polak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I mean, speaking of great community, I mean, these these cover album projects, you know what I mean? You, you got your podcast, you got the other podcasts. I mean, but your podcast probably more than the other ones, bringing the community together. Uh, you know, Echolemchis, uh cover project adam rivera you know like yeah how fun man how cool is that you know and i know you've collaborated with a lot of people too yeah it's it's a fan community full of musicians (laughs) they are a musician's band like they're a band that people who make music can really really sink their teeth into it and appreciate and give themselves a challenge of trying to cover one of their songs because uh not deceptively yeah deceptively (laughs) tricky and yet so accessible at the same time, you know, if you're right. into the melody and the and the dark lyricism. <laughs> so. so before the uh, the the comp came along and you and you were covering stuff off Colleen, yeah. Uh, what kind of first impression did Music Jail make on you? Yeah, um, it stood out. You know, when I would listen to it in my car, you know, it was during 
I think I was in, maybe I was in graduate school. I can't remember. I, I'm bad with time, Greg. I'm bad mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, yeah, I think you said that it had been like, um, I'd been on your list for years, like a, a year and a half or something like that. I'm like, oh, has it been that long? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at tracking time. Like, I have to have milestones. Like, I just can't keep it. But anyway, I heard Music Jail and it stood out to me. And it's mostly that, that awesome string motif. Right. Oh God! Yeah, you know, which is played by uh, Rob Moose, what? who I'm assuming since he, uh, he, you cannot click on his name in the credits, what? so I'm guessing this is his his uh, only They Might Be Giants track that he's worked on. Yeah. Uh, and and while I'm mentioning his name, I'm going to play that little five second clip of him recording that little teaser that the Giants put on their YouTube channel cool. of him tracking. And now that little part right there, he does like a real quick run up. That is not the main theme. I was listening to it again yeah. today trying to find that exact spot. And I think it's it starts getting a little more buried in the mix as uh he start he plays over the third verse, I guess the um where you go in fella. Yeah, verse. it's got that descending kind of chromatic thing. Yeah, there's some extra stuff there, some descending, and I think as it as it ramps up to the won't you come with me to music jail i think that's where that little where he rips all the way up to it i think that's where that little clip He's is shredding in the background you you but feel man, it more than you hear it i think you know <laughs> that main motif just with all those kind of sliding notes yeah. and he's playing it he's double tracked in octaves to me it always sounded kind of like greek or like yeah Romani is it a something. mode or like a middle eastern scale or what is going on there mr I, teacher know, theory man here well hey you've <laughs> you've covered it <laughs> uh i mean i think i think it's just in c minor but okay. just kind of the feel of it and like the style that he plays it in yeah it sounds it like sound kind of something that like you do yeah. like a greek circle dance to like a big oh, like yeah. almost like at a, at a wedding or something yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> no, you're, you hit the nail on the head i couldn't i couldn't figure out what what i thought of that but those slot it makes me think of within you without you a little bit right um mm. you know the beatles tune because you know george martin their producer you know george harrison had all those uh indian instruments going on and they tend to slide into a lot of stuff and and mm-hmm. i mean he on the tmb tmb tmbg track he is like he's doing that too he's doing this slide ups and it really gives it this character and that's kind of what made it stand out to me totally you know um, yeah it's almost like liquid in a way it's just like yeah. sloshing all over the and he place. just tracked it a bunch of times too so it's got this almost like feather you know sometimes if you mic a violin very close it's got more of um you can almost hear the individual vibrations and there's more of like a rigidity to the recording mm, and like the bow sound yeah but his is kind of more like feathery i don't know if they did that intentionally but it's more just and the fact that he tracked it like that it gives it this sound you know that yeah, stuck out. I'm, I'm looking back at that video there. It's a real close up on him, and I'm trying to see. Yeah, uh, in the in the shot, you can also see Linnell's. It looks like Linnell's bass clarinet on a stand, <laughs> but you can't see the mic in the shot, so they're not super close miking the violin. Yeah, I wonder yeah, how many times they tracked that. Exactly. It sounds like and, a bunch. 
And he's in a wooden room. Yeah, I'd say maybe at least four times, like maybe two on the higher octave and two on the lower octave. And he Sounds breaks real into, thick just for that he breaks one guy. into like a harmony too, like a fourth. You know, which kind yeah. of adds to the you know, the other culture quality of it. Yeah, there is kind of like a like parallel movement there mm-hmm. where it sounds yeah, kind of uh like it wants to resolve but it doesn't until the it really, you know, gets into the riff. Um Yeah, I love the the feel of this song where it's just very like the, the where you going buddy all on C minor it's just like yeah. really kind of chugs along on that and then just the way that Flans grows the melody it just like climbs and climbs on the won't you come with me to music jo-? just oh, like yeah all the way up there so to it- finally land on that C major so the whole thing's going on C minor C minor for forever what do they call that like F a minor. Pick or D third or something <laughs> like that where they switch it out yeah, where you resolve to a, a major instead of a when when you think it would be a minor. Yeah, so it's just very like like it's this big like release. Yeah, very it powerful builds. Technique. It builds. So like it's so kind of pulled back during those verses. It's got this intensity, and then you have uh, Flansburg's voice, of which I'm a huge fan, um, and he's doing this kind of like whispered, cartoony like. Where are you going, <laughs> darling? Where? Like you can almost feel him whispering in your ear, just being like the skeezy, like oh yeah, cartoon so character. I love that about the Johns. Is their, um, you know, is the characters they imbue, like in some of these, and then it goes freaky circus vibe, like you said, as it builds. Won't you come with me? It's just it's it gets so huge in the arrangement. It's like vaudevillian just, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it finally lands on the uh, let's form a band, let's take a stand, then it goes full major there, the F yeah. major and G major. Uh, yeah, and then the little breakdowns where you get A flats in there, A flats, Gs, and then back to the C minors. Just like the song goes all over the place. So, I mean, he you can, is yeah. just oozing creativity. You know, we talk about it, it's fun. It's fun to talk about who's your favorite John. You know what I mean? It's just totally fun because they're so complimentary but unique unto themselves. You know what I mean? They, like, they're right. like Lennon and McCartney in a lot of ways, right? Because you know we know Paul McCartney made John Lennon songs and the Beatles way better. We know that. Like mm-hmm. he added those harmonies, and so th- in this song that happens too. You know, f- John Linnell, you can tell he's just totally blissed out playing that. Uh, local is that a bass clarinet or what is that is that a bass clarinet you know in the shot of that violin recording it's definitely a a bass clarinet um but credited on this is the contra alto clarinet and then just the standard b flat clarinet leave it to john Um, linnell to just have you know not the standard high school band instrument you know what i mean Right, <laughs> right. I know. I loved seeing him live playing that thing, and yeah, and I like. He fun. loves doing it too. Like that dude is a band geek. Like we would have been. Fr- I mean, I was a band geek. I played Barry Sax, sat next to this chick who played bass clarinet, and I was always uh, jealous. You know, because the thing just oh, sounds so cool. so cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So on the uh, on the wiki here, it mentions that um, th- that the well, this is not 
it's not credited to one of the Johns, but it says someone has pointed out that the melody played on the clarinet is similar to a sped up version of the clarinet backing accompaniment in Cloisonne. Did you look into that at all? I mean, I, I think it's kind of like, um, so, okay. Linnell is like not a jazz horn. I mean, I am no aficionado when it comes to, um, music theory and styles and I just know what I like. Right. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't strike me as like a jazz player, like at all. Um, he's kind of more, I think you said this in a previous podcast. He's like, it sounds more like klezmer music, like his style of playing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a little more honky, like, honk, 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 you know, it's kind of got a <laughs> right. rounder sound and it, he, he doesn't have like the sultry, you know, he doesn't do that. Right. Um, so, Sometimes when he plays an instrument on a side, it's kind of like he's pulling a little bit from the same bag of tricks. It kind of sounds like that a little bit here. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, great horn player, but you know, he's not, he doesn't strike me as like, uh, like an expert when it comes to the bass clarinet. He kind of does what he likes to do. Yeah. Know? I think he probably rips a little harder on the sax than he does on yeah. the clarinets. But oh, yeah. so, so the one part I was trying to pin down exactly what, you know, whoever put that on the wiki was thinking. And what I think struck me the most was the right when, when music jail is shifting to part two uh-huh. and it does the bump, 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 right at the beginning of Cloison A, right before the mind your business, there's a little bump, 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 bump. Bump, bump, and yeah. a, that little kind of climb up and down, and that was that was the closest thing I could pin down uh, to a similarity there. Yeah, I mean, one's, on the, one's on the bass clarinet, and one's on a, a B flat clarinet. But um, I mean, he's basically doing yeah. an arpeggio. You know, he's like going up and down yeah. the scale, so it's similar it's, in it's that a way. Little, yeah, you know, a but little, it's not the same notes. A little bluesy, maybe. Right? Yeah. Not note for note. Yeah. Yeah. Got. I yes, I love those low low clarinets oh Big yeah fan. i gotta get one man Big fan. i i gotta get a bass clarinet i mean they're, they're probably on like craigslist or whatever that's where i got my barry sax i got it off craigslist so yeah did you get it and then have to do a bunch of repairs no it was in pretty i mean it's a con it's like a student i paid 500 bucks for it which was just a score for me like oh yeah for barry bucks sax? When i bought it was a lot you know it was after college and i was just really broke but gotta do that gotta do that with a bass clarinet gotta get one i mean i know the embouchure is like a lot tighter i haven't played clarinet very much but i want to do it yeah woodwinds are a lot riskier getting used though you got to watch out for those pads oh yeah uh, if if the pads are shit then you gotta replace all the pads i think i lucked out then with my very sax (laughs) yeah yeah so if you start getting pads that leak or you know, instruments that sit like they can they can really dry up or like sometimes even like oh yeah crack like bugs can get at them too yeah. you know like moths will eat a Ooh. sweater or whatever there's like things that'll eat the pads Ew. under the buttons yeah and uh, <laughs> you don't want that and then i'm still playing know, my r- high r- school uh alto sax though you know what i mean nice. like, i got it yeah. new but i mean shit that was i mean i got that in middle school like seventh grade or something and I don't think I've done anything with it ever, Greg. <laughs> well, you must have been taking good care of it. I never <laughs> clean it, man. I, 
I've, you know, I've, I've cleaned out the mouthpiece and stuff, but I'm not the guy that takes the rag with the string and runs it through it every time. I, <laughs> you know, open it up and it's, it tastes like Doritos or something. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so we've talked about this violin and we've talked about the uh, Linnell's clarinets. How about the uh, Triceratops horns that is uh, Kurt Ram on trumpet, Dan Levine on trombone, and Stan Harrison on saxophone? How about those horns, man? You know, man, I am horny for the horns. I, <laughs> I uh, you know, they're a little bit more subdued. You know, of course, Linnell's, he's kind of featured, and the violin is like very featured, you know. Mm-hmm. But it adds to that circus vibe, right? You know, it's almost yeah, like it's I got think they're Dixielandish stuff mm-hmm. kind of yeah. you know i think they're the the biggest thing i love about the uh those horn guys is uh the crescendos that they put in on the uh oh yeah let's, let's form, form a band let's band. take a stand yeah bah, bah. part of the build oh yeah it's, it's crazy like i love this song because because it's just like full you could i mean you, we're both studio guys yeah. And just imagining how much time they put into this yeah. song in the studio. Well, they're just, pros, I'm, man. They whew. probably did it in one take. Yeah, <laughs> fuck those guys. <laughs> but still, just like all the layers, like this yeah. is not just, you know, bass guitar drum song. No. Uh, you know, it's got. What it's was got he smoking oh, when he wrote this? You know what I mean? Like. It's brilliant. It's it's a brilliant song. The arrangement is brilliant. Like I would just love to have been a fly on the wall when they built out this arrangement. And what what I really want to know is, you know, if we were back in like the the old school dial a song era with the you know the on the tape machine, I I want to know if Flans wrote the two different parts as two different songs, intending them to be two different songs. Yeah. Like a musical or something, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> it just stitched and, them. Right. And then smashed them together when like lyrical ideas started coming in, like, you know, these two could work together. Because yeah. it's a total stylistic shift. And they don't I mean do if, that, if, that that kind of thing very much. I mean, that's almost no. progressive, like progressive rockish, which I am a big progressive rock fan, you know. They don't do that kind right. of thing very much. No. It's, it and makes this song stand out it, too. If you took Part two by itself, it would only be about a minute long. Yeah. You know, t- uh, you got two minutes of, of the first part, and then it shifts tempos. It shifts to G major. It's it is like its own song, but they they stitch it together really seamlessly. But it is, yeah. I, I would what? love to know if we heard it on an answering machine. You know, yeah. maybe five years before it had you know part one with just like. You know, just yeah. Flansburg doing everything, not fleshed out. And Which then part, part two, first? maybe, but it had some different lyrics or something. Yeah, then, I'd love to hear you know, alternate versions, you know. And how we stitched it together. I mean, what I one of my favorite things about the song is the rhythm. It sounds like it goes syncopated, right? When it does that transition, it goes, you know, it's, it's got that for the first part. And then it goes bop, 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 bop. It sounds like it's going, but that actually is the downbeat. And yeah. I love that part. I love that part because everybody's just going jink, 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 and then the drums go do the uh, kind of marching. They do that thing. Yeah. How did they come up with that? And then because when I okay, so when I was mapping it out when I was recording it, it's like I really had to play with the tempos, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. When you automate 
because if you're recording to a grid, which I like to do, not everybody does. Mm-hmm. But yeah, click, click I track. had to kind of wrap my head around that. I'm like, huh, that's that's really cool. That's really that's one of my favorite things about it is that that transition because then it goes to that straightforward. I was not prepared, and because the first part is that, and so that tempo change. I love that. That's genius. I love that part. Totally. Totally. Uh, yeah. And it's just a totally different, it goes totally different feel. So it goes from like a klezmer Greek sounding yeah. kind of thing into just like sixties influence pop. Yeah. Like it's, pop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then his, you know, his character changes, right? You know. Yeah. Should we start talking about these lyrics? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I got to talk about how much I love these guys' voices, right? So, and I feel like um, one of the things that turns a lot of people off to this band are their voices. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that draws, that drew me to them, actually. When I heard Particle Man on, on Tiny Tunes, like, this guy sounds like a toad, like a cartoon <laughs> toad, like Particle Man, you know. Uh, so my wife, who's a musician, she's a music teacher like yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like, check this song out. It's it's the coolest. <laughs> and so we've been together for. What like, are her thoughts on They Might Be Giants? Oh man. Um, okay. So she thinks they sound like Big Bird. What? <laughs> yeah. She she thinks so. She's a she's really smart musician. You know. Um, and. She loves vocals and harmony. We're we're choir. We met in chamber choir, you know, uh, in undergrad. I think I was the only straight guy in the choir, so she didn't didn't have a lot of options. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> the only straight tenor, that's for sure. Um, but uh, but I'm actually a baritone. But you know, we do what we have to do to get right, the parts right. covered. Yeah. Um, so, but she she's heard them, and she's like. I love the song. I love the arrangements. I just don't like their voices. Mm. And I love their voices. Like the, mm-hmm. the, you know, people that aren't acquainted with them like we are think, well, you know, he said with a hint of elitism, you know, they sound <laughs> like the same, but to me, their voices are so different and like kind of complimentary. Like a lot of it, you know, a lot of what I love, like I said, has has to do with their voices, but I feel like they have similar ranges actually too. Flange yeah. just mm-hmm. kind of has an easier time up high using that lighter voice. Like it's just, his falsetto. Yeah, uh, especially in recent years, he's yeah. really, really gotten to love his falsetto parts. He's exploring that a lot, but he turns it into a character in this song. You know, I was in a cloud, <laughs> and it totally works. He's so, <laughs> it's it so gives wispy. Him it gives him like this vulnerability, mm-hmm. you know, and I wonder if, if that's just intuitive or if it's uh if they're, if he's cognizant when he makes those choices, you know? So you, you got all these characters, you have him going, where are you going, buddy? You know, there's that cartoon, like guy trying to sell you drugs or something on the street, you know? <laughs> and then music jail is his chest voice. Right. And then the back uh-huh. half of the song is this kind of, I was not prepared. It's just this light, you know, and when we get, you know, when we get to the lyrics a little bit more, like, and unpack that, like, it really seems intentional to me. So is the guy in part one 
the one that wants to do the bad stuff and, That's how and I take you know it. knows he's going to end up in music jail while the the second guy he just kind of gets dragged along and ends up there unwillingly that that's kind of that's the vibe. I I mean, we don't really know, right? Until you get uh, Flansburg on the show, but that's mm-hmm. how I that's how I interpret it. That they're different characters, you know. And there's really the part two, despite being the shorter part, gets a lot more lyrics. Part one really yeah. only has like six different lines yeah. of lyrics because there's so much repetition with the "Where are you going, buddy? Where it's are you all going, about darling? That Where are you going, character. Fella? It's all about that character that he's got, you know, in the first part, and and the lyrics are cool. You know, he goes, where you but where you going, buddy? Where you going, fellow? Where you you know? It's like he's trying to recruit people for his, uh, for the for his music vision or scene. You know, you ever his try to get people band. in your band, Greg? Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Hey, where you going? You play a mean saxophone there, buddy. There, guy. You wanna you know come on <laughs> you over? Want jam sometime? <laughs> Shred some keys, you know. Do a Doctor Worm cover, yeah, it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Worm, what the fuck is that? <laughs> One of the best TMBG songs. Oh, no question. <laughs> so yeah, the first guy, creepy. Won't you come with me to music jail? He wants to form a band, take a stand, you know, against the man. Yes, and he's going against the man. You know, when you start a band, you think. To me, it's like it goes along with a certain age. Like in middle school, if you're confident enough or high school, you're like, my shit's the best shit. You know, my band is the best. Oh, yeah. And you should think if you're that confident in your music, you know, you and you're trying to recruit people. It's kind of it's kind of like that. You know what I mean? And people are just like, oh. All right, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to pitch yourself. If you're not a fan of your own band, then what are you doing? Well, yeah, totally. Like, I get that. But it reminds me of, like, all the times people have tried to recruit me for stuff, and I'm just like, uh, I'm not really interested. <laughs> 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 and you don't seem like a guy who says no a whole lot to musical collaborations. Uh, but sometimes you, know, you got to. When it comes to collabs in the recording studio, like, I am game, dude. Like... Sure, like a one-off thing, yeah. That is fun for me, but I turn people down all the time, you know, for um, for the local scene, you know, um, mm-hmm. just because, uh, like we've talked about, like, I've got what I like and what I want to do, and man, I'll be dead soon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was a time when I would probably say, I mean, I went through this period where I was like, okay, I call myself a musician, and I haven't put anything out. Like, can you can you really call yourself a musician if you don't perform and you don't have anything? People are like, oh, cool. What do you do? Show me. Show me a recording. Right. And I had nothing, mm-hmm. you know, like until I was 35, you know, like I'm like, OK, I need to get my shit together and I need to start getting into bands and playing out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I said yes to everything for a while. And then I had to take a step back and be like, OK. I got I got to prioritize and just do stuff that I want to do because I found myself doing stuff that I just didn't just didn't care for. Not that any of it's bad. I just like what I like. You yeah, know? this wasn't your style. Yeah. But you're right. Like when it comes to TMBG covers, I'll say yes. I mean, for the most part, <laughs> <laughs> like yourself, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> it's well, it's, it's just so much fun, and and yeah, collaborating with new people is is a blast. Oh yeah, and just you know, thanks to modern technology, being able to. Collaborate with people all over. Yeah, like I, I love that. I love that about this community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so fun. So let's talk about this guy in part two. Yeah. So 
it's, he's got that wispier voice. He's a little more of a gentle soul. Yeah. Right? It, so this is totally personal in my interpretation. You know how I was just saying about how sometimes you feel... So I was in this really shitty hipster band for a while. Um, <laughs> and I was, the, I was the drummer. And I'm like, you know, I, I kind of play drums, but I'm not like a drummer. You know what I mean? Like you. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I mean, if you watch me, it's like I'm all in the arms. You know, like I'm not doing it right. Mm. You know, the I, wrist I, techniques. Yeah, there. you got to yeah, be sure. light and have like, you know, I just I can't I can't figure it out and I can't be bothered to spend time on it. So but I'm drumming in this hipster band and I find that I'm just I'm in this situation kind of like how I interpret uh, Flansburg's character. And I'm like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. It's loud. I mean, I'm not I'm not the house party guy, Greg. I'm not. I'm not the mm-hmm. guy to walk around and be like, yo, check out, I'm in the scene. And like, <laughs> like I'm just not that guy. Like, And so I found, I was in this band. I didn't really like it. And so finally, like, and the lead singer was a douche. So finally, <laughs> finally, Hopefully like. he's not listening. I mean, he would do shit like, he would put his hands, like he thought it was funny to like just invade your personal space. Like he would put his mm. hands in my mouth. <laughs> what i'm like dude don't do that hey i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking lay you out i'm gonna sock you man don't do that you know what i mean and That's so gross he just even he had no boundaries time, and he, he was like dude you're uptight i'm like no you're gross and you're putting your hands in my so finally i was like i sat down with him i said you know i gave him a chance i said you can't you can't be doing that man you can't that's gross <laughs> boundaries okay and so finally i was like oh i, I said dude i can't be in your band anymore and i said this you're just a jerk <laughs> mm. wow said that to his face i did i said Good you're just a jerk you. like i wish you well maybe we're just not compatible you know but you're just a jerk and i can't do it anymore so but i had to get out of that situation and i found that we were in these bars you know at like 11 30 at night and i was in school and i was like do I even want to be in this definition of what a band is? Like I'm more interested in playing like wineries or, you know, people that are actually there to hear the music as opposed Mm. to like going and playing, you know, for a bunch of randos, you know, that don't care. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, and that's kind of what this was. And, you know, we, we weren't great. (laughs) So that's what I think of when I think of, you know, of course I'm relating it to myself as we all do with their music. So that's what I think of for this character that John, uh, Flansburg is kind of, he's kind of pushing. He's saying, I was in the crowd. Everything's so loud. Life's a riot, but no one's quiet at all. It's just like in this music crowd, I'm alone. These people are not into what I'm into that I'm in this band with. Mm-hmm. Right. I got to get out of here. How do I get out of it? You know, and then he ties it back to the, you know, the jail theme with the just one call a lot. So that's how I interpret it. But it's, you know. Who knows? It's it's sure. a very personal interpretation. So, yeah, thinking about <laughs> this morning, I was thinking it could be um, someone who. I mean, it could be a personal thing for Flans. You know, someone who. Um, you know, and of course he's you know exaggerating it a little bit. I would hope he doesn't feel like he's all alone. I wouldn't think so. No. Um, yeah. But it just as someone who was unprepared for, quote unquote, stardom, or. Oh, that's true. You know, was that. doing doing their music thing, uh, and then you know, inadvertently they end up you know their life's on the road, and and there's positives and negatives. Like there are some things in here that could be taken in two different ways. Like when you're saying I was in a cloud, 
that could be either like, you know, it's a haze, you don't know what's going on, yeah. or it could be like, you know, I'm in the clouds, I'm in heaven. Elated. You know, could go both ways. The elated or definition, like, yeah. Life's a riot, like riots are generally bad, and or if it's like a prison riot, that's very dangerous. But lots of people say like, oh, it's a laugh riot, like that could be a positive thing too. It's yeah, very right? true. Like people having a lot of fun and like everything's so loud and no one's quiet at all, like for a rock and roller, you know, being loud, maybe that's, maybe that's what you want. could go both ways. That's very true. Very true. And then again, like the thing like, you know, ending up, you know, in this career that maybe you weren't intending, you know, the uh, mm. just one call aloud and no one's home, no one's home. Again, you could have the uh, the prison reference, but it could also just be like, you know, no one's at your house. You're always on the road. Yeah. yeah. And it could be pretty I'm isolating, pale. right? Yep. I'm getting pale. You're you're spending all your time in dark rock clubs. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> that's true. That you sleep till, and... you know, three o'clock or something, which in Oregon is like the day the daylight's gone, man. Like <laughs> it's dark yeah. at five right now, you know. So anyway. Yeah. That, that's a that that I think is an equally astute uh interpretation of the lyrics, man. Like it, it really could go either way. Because like obviously I'm projecting my own experience on it. You know, that's how I perceive it. It's like he hates it, you know? Right. But we don't know that. John John Flansburg, total extrovert, right? Oh yeah. Loves yeah. loves the, the music scene and going out and you know. Chatting. Yeah. yeah. He's totally, that's totally his thing. He thrives. Yeah. So yeah, there's just a lot going on. I mean, like, like most of the Might Be Giants songs, yep. cramming a lot in a short time. You know, a three minute song, that's essentially two songs. Uh, and there's just, yeah, we're, like we're saying, there's like two different characters. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that could be interpreted different ways. It's, it's, uh, it's a great example of, you know, the, the complexities that they might be giants can put into a pop length song. And it's not like there's a lot of, um, kind of Linnellian strange, descriptive, visualized things in the lyrics. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, where are you going? And then like, I'm alone. I'm in this crowd. You know, there's not like a lot of visual imagery in it either, but it's like, it's kind of complex. It's, it seems very simple, but it's complex. Like if you're trying mm -hmm. to get into the head into these characters or this character, you know? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's describing more emotions than, than places. Yeah. 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 It totally but with, is. with, with language that really can, can go a lot of different ways. Yeah. Let's uh let's listen to the very first time they played this song. Yes. So this was even before they debuted it on their dial a song on the YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it went up on the YouTube on January twenty sixth. Um, but we've got uh, Mr. John Eulis, of course, was at the premiere of this song and Bless captured you, sir. it. At yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this was. Oh, is this just a day before they posted it? This is January 25th, 2015. And they posted it on January 26th. So the day yeah. before it went out into the world, he captured it on camera here. So this site that plays the videos and it's every, you know, it's easy to get to. Um, but uh, this song is going to be featured next, uh, next Monday night. On and uh, let's, uh, let's see how it sounds the first time we play it. <laughs> Uh, oh wait, this song this song is called um, this song is called Music Jail Part One and Two. It could have been called Parts One and Two, but there was a typo. Right. <laughs> 
time was taken already. The guys have the name, won't give it back. It means a lot to them. think about this this live premiere super cool well i mean it hasn't changed a lot right you know um there's a couple of differences like first of all you know in subsequent live performances uh linnell's <clears throat> singing harmony right he sings kind of mm-hmm. he takes a lower harmony won't you come with me to me you know and um i kind of the, the false stop thing which we didn't really talk about earlier when we we're talking about the arrangement like which is hilarious oh, like that's mm-hmm. really fun. I still chuckle. Like you know, it's a joke. I know it's coming, and I still think it's funny. Um, but it's that is that section shorter? Um, or am I tripping? I think you're tripping. No, okay. I know on on your cover you put a couple extra hits oh, yeah. into it. I did right. Um, but yeah, on theirs I think they just do it twice. Yeah, and then right back in. I think the biggest differences here are you get the violin part. Uh, guitar. electric guitars which works really well yeah i think it sounds great and you know i'm looking here the horns don't play on this track no. but you can tell the guys were at this show because i'm looking in the back you can see sax and trombone on on stands but the guys are not out there i'm just wondering maybe you know, they, they were they tr- grabbing a bite to eat for the half hour that they rehearsed it before they <laughs> debuted yeah, it. I don't know. I mean, you know, usually <laughs> when they do it live in New York, it is those same Triceratops guys that, that are on stage never with them. Seen them with they the had horns. already never seen them with the, the horns. I really yeah, want to, man. I saw them with Kurt Raymond, not the other guys, <sighs> but 
yeah those new york people get that so those special special events but i mean these guys had already they had tracked the parts so they already knew the part i'm just wondering why they didn't yeah i wonder what's what join that. in on it yeah so the band you know while maybe they were still kind of finding their footing i mean it's the very first time they played it live uh but i think it sounds great it sounds really good you know I, i've heard a couple of live versions that i love you know yeah yeah so there is uh an in-studio version that we cannot play yes on the <laughs> you, you messaged me last night can, can we play i love that the, Bru- the brooklyn sessions the brooklyn quiet storm sessions that are on the secret music ifc cd you must be thinking of some other band greg right yeah, so we've 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 decided collectively that uh, we probably shouldn't let secret stuff out into the nope. world, but yep. we could talk about it, right? For those IFC people that have heard it, and for everyone else, now you know you should go and join IFC IFC so you can hear these secret things. But what do you like about that version? Uh, I love the production, honestly. Like yeah. it, it's it's not as dense, obviously, because you know there's just not as much many people on it. Um, but you know, they mixed it so well. Um, I love hearing. It's almost like you can you can kind of lock on to more of the individual parts because they're not so right. there's not so much going on. Um, and just the sound of it, you know, if you're into just the sound of records, I really I really like that about the live one. Um, mm-hmm. Love, I love it when Linnell sings harmony. You know, yeah. uh, or when they harmonize on each other's stuff and they lend each other's voices to each other's songs. Love that. And so this has that. And then there's the like the ly- slight lyrical changes, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, where are you going smelly yeah. at one point, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, with the quiet storm, you know, with Marty. Um, is he on his electronic drums on this one? It sounds like it. I'm trying to remember. Um but you've got Flans on acoustic guitar, yeah. so the violin parts are now on acoustic guitar. So, again, it's it's that kind of folk feel. You almost get like a, a flamenco feel now with yeah. the uh, with the acoustic guitar. One of my favorite then, versions, I have yeah. to say, is it's great. Not to just totally rub it into everybody that I have this uh, secret music CD and you don't. Um, but. You know, it's incentive for you all to to hop on the IFC if you can. You know, because of these kind mm-hmm. of extras, it's 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 one of my favorite versions. You know, besides the studio version. <laughs> so, so let's uh, let's hear another arrangement uh, that that we can play for people. Yeah, I found this while searching for covers. I found on SoundCloud a version of the Johns doing it on a radio station. This is KDHX in St. Louis. So they recorded this uh, while they were still in that Glean album cycle. This is May 16th, 2015. And this is, I believe Marty is in there too. There's no yeah. there's no talking before or after the track, but there is some light snare drumming and, and, and such. But here Very we tasteful. get the Johns. Yeah, we get the Johns on uh, it's acoustic guitar and we get accordion in this one. So even on such a new song, Linnell's trying out different stuff. <laughs> Where you going, fella? Where you going, fella? Where you 
going, fella, won't you come with me to music Flans on electric guitar in this one, like a clean electric, and Flans is doing the um, the violin part again. Yeah, but then the, the little hits coming in on accordion. It works so well. You know, you oh, can tell great. that they know they have a winner. Yeah, and then yeah, again, this kind of uh, you know Greek or Eastern European kind of feel with the now you get the accordion on the upbeats with the accordion yeah. chords. It's, again, you know, just so many different textures is this the one on, on part two song. where they where it's just the accordion and the drums for part of it uh let me see because i thought that ahead. was really cool yeah the guitar does seem kind of disappear it's just sustained maybe it's hitting clams or something and they mix it out you know <laughs> just kind of sustained accordion chords i like that i like how that feels you know when i listen to this version marty may be on his electronic stuff but we get stuff that's sounding like shakers or like brushed snare it's kind of hard to tell what's going on could be the magic of the studio you know maybe they went in and they dubbed it i don't know i mean it's it says live on on kdhx so yeah, whatever's going on sounds like they those did guys are so good. One take. I mean, that I would pay big bucks to see a complete set of just you know the small group too, because it's so. I love those desk concert videos that are out there. You know, there's mm-hmm. one out there of Can't Keep Johnny Down, and it's just I love how they reimagine their songs in that way. Yeah, it, it's it's so crazy that not only do they have so many songs in their repertoire, but they'll even switch it up on those songs. It's like, you know, you've got so much to pull from in your, your bag of songs, and yet you're still <laughs> like, well, let's do it different this time. Yeah. 
which is going to take more rehearsal and just, you know, these, these dudes are so hardworking and they're never ones to rest on their laurels. They're no. like, well, it's a, no. you know, we got to do it different. It's in studio and on the radio. But clearly gonna... they've got favorite songs, you know, like clearly oh, this sure. is one of their favorite songs, you know, because they, yeah, it's, um, let's see, what's the play count on this one? 108 known performances, which oh, for a song that's only been out for, well, I guess six years now at this point. It's a fair amount of performances. But yeah, it, yeah. there are some, there are some vocal, you know, uh, he, 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 he does the whispery kind of falsetto thing on the part two live, like in the full band, doesn't he? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like he's, he's wearing himself out either. You know what I mean? Where he's just screaming his ass off, which you just can't do every night, you know? Right. So, right. Yeah. You know, the hard thing about editing this one, I'm putting in clips you know, usually be like, you know, play through the first chorus. This one, you got two, two parts. I may have to just, You're just so people aren't having to listen to the man. whole song. Yeah. I might be like, you know, play through a little bit of part one and then fade and then fade into a little bit of part two. Uh, and with some of these covers too, but yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so they're here, you know, we're all vaccinated. They want to see the grandbaby, and so they've kept her home Aww. from daycare, and just they were playing with uh, this marble track thing. Did did you ever have that toy where it's like a bunch of crazy different tracks, and you can put the marble in and let oh, it yeah. go down? Oh yeah, I love yeah, that so stuff. They keep unearthing my old toys from the basement, and they brought those, and so they were playing with those all day and sending us that pictures. That toy is classic and timeless and perfect for a kid. You know, her age. The and then my two toddlers, they love that kind of stuff. They'll just play with it for hours. So I love them. And my dad loves them and loves the Duplos because my dad's a civil engineer. He worked for 40 years on uh, in one of the skyscrapers in downtown in the Loop okay. in Chicago, uh, building the giant power lines, <clears throat> the real big ones. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was there for 40 years. One, he had one job his whole career. Wow. This is, this is the boomer generation. You'd, you'd get a generation. job. Yep. You'd work your way up. He was vice president of the company by the time yep. he left. <laughs> That's cool. And yeah, so so they're here and Zinnia's asleep. I put her down in. Uh, My kids have been really then, into like dominoes. Like I'm really interested oh, in like, dominoes. getting dominoes and setting those up. They're just so impatient. Like they cannot wait did, to not Did they watch those over. videos though? Like yes. YouTube videos are crazy. So, yes. I mean, then they see that and be like, okay, if you want to do something like that, you've got to be patient. You've got to set them up exactly right. Yep. I mean, they got to understand that looking at the video and be like, oh, ours didn't look like that. Well, yeah, because you <laughs> knocked them over there too were, soon. There were like four. <laughs> and that's all Blink. that you let me set up. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> tick, 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 tick. Uh, so then, so then, yeah, my parents came down here and I was showing them some of the stuff I'm recording because they're just fascinated with how... They're it's like, probably magic. Make, Are they musical? How do you make that song sound like that? And I'm like, well, there's six guitar tracks. <laughs> you know, Are whatever. they musical? Are they? Is it just like magic to them? Uh, my dad played trumpet cool. uh, through school, like not into college. Or Should anything. get him on something. Does he still have his trumpet? No. Oh, um, okay. My mom was a dancer. Um, I don't think she played anything until my sister started taking cello. They did the Suzuki method, so my mom okay. learned learned All along right. with her and played for like a couple of years. More music appreciators than anything, gotcha. you know. But they instilled that in you, obviously. 
Yeah, and now I'm paying it back, and and my mom from listening, they listen. They're on top of these episodes. They're like you. They listen oh. as soon as an episode comes out. Like they'll probably listen to Music Jail when they're going home on Sunday. Nice on Monday, and cool. um, yeah, cool, I'll I'll finish that on prep tomorrow. <laughs> uh, this episode that we are currently talking about uh, <laughs> will be out tomorrow. Or today, as you're listening to it, I don't know. I've, it's hard to keep track of time with these things. But uh, so I showed them the video, yeah. and they thought it was just like the trippiest thing ever. It is. And we talked about though how we're kind of bummed that like the Johns aren't actually in their videos much anymore. Like there was one, I think one song off of "I Like Fun" where the Johns were in the video. It was oh, what was it? Can you they, think you're about right, though. They're not in their videos mm, much anymore. The last, no. I think the most recent one that I've seen that they were both in was the the uh, live version of Cloisonnet. Was that? Oh, it? yeah. Well, no. Well, I mean, I'm the, but I'm talking about one from a new album. It was yeah, either a My Murdered Remains song or an I Like Fun song, where it was kind of it lo- almost had like some throwbacks to Anna Ing, where they okay. were at desks. And Linnell like screams in Flans's face. What song was that? People are currently screaming at their phone as they listen to this. Call now. Call the podcast. Let I us know say, where we faltered. I cannot. I can't think. I want to say it was. I left my body. No, that was a fan video. Um, but they loved the. By the time you get this, ah, it's by the time you get this. The Johns are actually in that one. Okay. Um. I don't know. Is it just because they can't do the dance moves like they used to? I think <laughs> you know what I, I think it is. I think filming video is a pain in the butt, and it takes a lot of time. And they're probably just like, Man, I don't want to do that. I That's think because they're they so they're so firmly established already. Like they've got their fan base. Their fan base continues to grow without them having to really do anything extra, right? like make music videos that get on MTV. That's not a thing anymore. So yeah. like. It's music like, videos are for YouTube. It's like when, Mike Nesmith. You know, he would he would leave yeah. filming the monkeys episodes. He's like, nah, I just put out a, the B side to this single. I, I I'm gonna go to the bottom of this pirate ship and take take a nap, and then he disappears for the rest of the episode. It's like he doesn't have to do it. They don't have to do it, so they're not going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was cool that they were in this in that one though. That is it is a good video. Um, yeah, well, that song's at one seventy out of nine ten. Uh, didn't we find out that Music Jail was really high up? And try- I haven't yeah, gotten to that point in the episode where we scored it. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so the video, like they they hire all these good animators, yeah. you know, and the uh, animation on this one was David Cowles, um, okay. Jeremy Galante, and David Plunkett, and David Cowles is going to be on the show. No kidding. Uh, soon. Which one did he pick? We probably picked one that he did the video for. Put it to the test. Okay. Which I don't think he did that one, but I think he just likes it. I told him, I said, you can pick whatever you want. It doesn't have to be one you put it to the test. Did he do that one? Let's see. Yeah, he did that one. I got to catch up on the They Might Be Giants music videos, man. Like, I... I kind of just don't get around to seeing their videos, and, and yeah, you know, you listen to them, but ones like I've seen, like, I love them. Lots of times you'll listen while you're working out or while you're That's doing other thing. stuff, and then you're, yeah. you know, you can't have the you're watching. But put it to the test is great. That's off. Here comes science. Okay. It's one of the handful of videos they did where they look like they're Nintendo characters, like all blocky. Oh, pixel that one, pixel art. Yeah, pixelated. So cool. I think I think David Cowles did all of those pixelated ones. It makes sense. Like sounds um, right up my alley. 
Push Back the Hands of Time, he did. Uh, Mesopotamians. Uh, Icky. Icky. Um, okay. Yeah, and his daughter did the illustrations for Why. Um, did the animated music video for Moles, Hounds, Bears, Bees, and Hares. Okay. His daughter, Allison. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Um, oh, and he's he's the escape team artist. Oh, right. So clearly yeah. they're fans of this guy's work, and I am too. You know, like yeah. so the thing about the music jail video is like he's just got all these like kind of adorable but like totally grotesque little creatures in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. We're watching this thing, and most of the creatures are like instruments in some way. Yeah. There's or like uh, retro machines. That too. They're like half machine, half animal, half instrument. Half instrument. I guess that would be thirds. Yeah. <laughs> a third animal, a third instrument, <laughs> third machine. Because there's like this bouncing head. I'm watching it on mute right now. This bouncing head that's like kind of playing a horn as it bounces. Yeah. Later, there's these frogs that have trumpet valves and little I bells coming out of their heads. The steampunk frogs. They're awesome. Uh huh. And then there's like the Flansburg guitar. There's like a guitar that has square glasses. That it's yeah. gotta be Flansburg. And it's the guitar neck, the guitar neck comes up and it kind of plays itself, and then it sucks back in. Well, it reaches around and it like adjusts his nose, which is like the tone knob. <laughs> I just, I, yeah. there's these little, they're all like little videos themselves, each character, because there's they're like five or six second animated, what do you call them, animatics, or I'm not sure, but I guess I'll talk to David Cowles, see what he calls them. They're just adorable. They're adorable, and I adorably freaky. There's well, this little lady. Uh, she, it makes me think of like a Viking, like an opera lady wearing a Viking helmet, but she's bouncing. With the braids. And she's yeah, but she's bouncing on the braids, but she's also got slides like a tuning slide to a mm-hmm. brass instrument or something, and horns coming out the top. And then there's also a little guy smoking a pipe coming out of her head. It's just all of these. There's a lot going on. And they're rolling past like this kind of desert landscape. There's all these cactuses that are also weird looking. Well, it's also very 1930s, right? So like in the 1930s, they would just kind of reuse the same background. You know, you've got, um, you know, Bosco or or Felix the cat driving or whatever. And and you see the same (laughs) store and the same fire hydrant multiple times just kind of cycling through. And those character animation loops. (laughs) I love when modern cartoons will play off that like joke. Oh, it's totally retro. It's like nineteen thirties. I think that you know the Simpsons have done that before. Where I think they were going, they were talking to the guy who runs the Itchy and Scratchy Studio. Yeah. What's his name? Roger something. I don't know. But they're walking down the hall and they're like, "Oh, animation's not that expensive. We just reuse the backgrounds." And they're walking, <laughs> and there's like a guy at a water cooler, and then they pass him again, and then they pass him a third. I remember time. that. I remember that. <laughs> I'm also a big fan of C Lab 2021, which oh, yeah. my, other, my band Doppelpopolis is bit, is named after a joke on C Lab. And uh, they used like in the first season, they used all that old animation, all the old frames from the Hanna Barbera cartoon C Lab yeah. 2020, mm-hmm. and they just repurposed it. And it's so it must have been so much fun. And yeah, they'll totally make fun of that trope by like having the captain like driving in uh, whatever he's driving through the tunnel, and like the same thing just keeps passing yeah. passing by over and over again. Yeah, I love that trope, and it's just it's like the 1930s. They they were trying to do cheap animation. It wasn't like the stuff that wasn't Disney, but even Disney did it, right? Like Steamboat. When they were still doing it in America? Yeah. Were they doing it in the U.S. still? Right. Steamboat and Willie did that, you know? 
Yeah, old Mickey right? Mouse cartoon, you know. Yeah. So. Oh my I, God! I, I think my dad's favorite one was the Abraham Lincoln like tricycle with smoking the joint smoking. or whatever. <laughs> smoking. And his his top hat. There's like another little guy. Like a dollar sign out. on it. There's a dollar sign. There's like a little smokestacks like and stuff. Blind, He's blindfolded. Pimp Abraham Lincoln, like blindfolded, <laughs> smoking. He looks angry. His, uh, he can't see his eyes, but his eyebrows sure look angry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you There's know, the frogs. And it kind of reminds me like a little bit of like, you know, Toy Story when Woody goes into the bully kid's room and meets all those mutilated toys. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. kind of right. makes me think of that a little bit. But, but like the cinematic quality of the song, like those swoopy and bendy string parts we were talking about before. Yeah. It sounds like kind of like classic animation. It's got an old timey feel, right? Yeah, it's a, yeah, for sure. And then they um, they even artificially added like a, a fake digital looking film grain to most of the video too. Yeah. Flicker. Yeah. Which must be some kind of filter thing after the fact. I'd imagine yeah. that's not in the animation. Probably not. Yeah, it's probably some effect that they tossed on it, but it really works, you know. Yeah, it's great. Sorry, I'm just telling Catherine I'm going to be a couple minutes late. Oh. Sorry, um, Catherine. <laughs> no, it's fine. I think she's on the West Coast too, so it's not late. Where is she at? I'm still I'm on the Patreon stuff. I'm like I'm determined to get organized because I feel like and hopefully I'm only going to get more Patreon subscribers and not less. Yeah. Um you have a so long like, way to go. I, <laughs> I got labels. I got labels and I'm putting everyone's addresses in so that when I have to send out a big thing like of new magnets, new magnets. and buttons like I'm doing, I made return address labels. With my flood parody logo, Ooh. and I made, and then each of you have your own. That I can just print them out and slap them on there instead of having to handwrite everyone's thing and look back on the Patreon like what's what's Kai's address? Okay, right consummate down. professional that you are with specially oh, printed logos and one of these merch. days I'm going to get organized. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my strong suit, man. You should see my classrooms. I see. I disagree. Like you would have to be organized to do all. Well, okay, so it's a combination right like you, you you strike me as the kind of guy that you just you're totally cool with winging it like oh yeah you're totally I'm doing cool it with right it. now <laughs> you're like you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna plan and then whatever happens happens like you know that's that's how you would have to be if you're a teacher though i mean yeah that's kind of like be life flexible. as a teacher you gotta, you gotta roll to punches man uh definitely whatever comes at you you know oh hey we got a fire drill okay i guess i'll uh <laughs> Do that lesson more quickly next time. <laughs> you know, it's always something. It is. It is. Yeah. My wife tells me stories, but me having to retape the kindergarten program. The kindergartners, they're troopers. They did their program twice. They were probably because thrilled. on Tuesday, yeah, it was a good dress rehearsal. The internet was so bad that our oh. live stream looked like crap when I went home and watched it. I was trying to show Zinnia because she knows a bunch of those songs I teach kindergartners. And so it was on the big, you know, the YouTube app on the TV. And I'm like, oh, my God, this looks like the They Might Be Giants quick time videos from the Mink Car era. (laughs) Like, it looked horrible. So you wouldn't get away with redoing it if they were the sixth graders. You know, they just wouldn't have that. Oh, they'd be like, oh, again. And these kids were like, yay, we get get to stand on the risers again. (laughs) It's fun. I didn't even fall off once. And yeah, so we did it again and I just did it just as a video and then uploaded it. So I didn't have to worry about the Wi-Fi and it came out a lot better. But yeah, yeah. so I'm just good and I'm exhausted. You got a lot of plates spinning, man. 
Oh, you're telling me. You got all these this these podcasts, you got 10 episodes to edit, you got uh John concerts. Walker's doing a chunk of those <laughs> on my paternity leave. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure which ones he's doing from that clump, but he'll be doing five of them. There's five Thursdays in July, and well, I'm paying him to do all of them. It's good to have a minion to do that stuff for you, man. Yeah, I'm paying him, so. Did the minions get paid? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't call him a minion if he's he's a hired he's a hired gun. Okay, he hired is. gun. He's a he's a ringer. That's more respectable, I guess. Yeah. Abby too, she's a ringer. I'm just like, yeah. hey, I need I need more art. She's like, let's do it. <laughs> Every time. She's game, you know. Oh, you she's need people game for like anything. that. It's amazing how many talented people out there that are they're game. They'll just do it. It's like Yeah. And, and I'm so excited people, to talk like to teeth. <laughs> right. I know. And Abby, it's like it's never like She'll be like, oh, sorry, it took so long. And it was like a week. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't expecting anything yet. Like, you know, like no rush. And it's like three days later, she's got a mock-up. She's like, how's this look? I'm like, that's pretty much exactly. From my you perspective, know. you crapped this out, but it doesn't look like crap. How did you do that? <laughs> right. God, the, the, the magnet, you're going you're gonna to like it. Yeah. We got them all packed up. I just got to slap on the Send addresses. Send it on over. It's been busy with these programs. Usually I'd use some prep to do stuff if I have all my lessons planned, but the programs involves decorating and getting out risers and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, David Kyle's talking about a creative guy. I mean, they, yeah, yeah like you said, they clearly are fans of his stuff and keep hiring him. Yeah. Just like I keep, like he's, he's, he's an Abbey bash to them. Is he like, <laughs> I mean, how old is this guy? I, Cause it, it, it makes me think, okay, so clearly he's got an appreciated appreciation for classic animation, but there's also like, Maybe I'm projecting this, but there's also, it seems like almost a 90s-ish, you know, it's got like this Da Vinci, grotesque, exaggerated style that you would see He also in the does, 90s. are you friends with him on Facebook? No. Uh, you should friend him because he, uh, pretty much every day of the week, he will draw a picture of whoever's birthday it happens to be, like a famous person. Oh. So like... Or like if there's like an anniversary of a like he, one of the Beatles things he did, I think is oh, his awesome. cover photo right now where like, oh, it was the anniversary of this album. And he does. It's almost more like it's like a Picasso, like a Cubist kind of. Uh, OK, his drawings. Yeah. Like if you look at his wiki page, like the David Cowles uh, wiki page, one of his drawings there uh, for. John and John, it's a caricature of them. Yeah. Where it's kind of like they're sideways or like, you know, it's not. John and Yoko. Plastic Ono Band just had a like a 50-year anniversary. Plastic Ono Band, I think, that ended Maybe that he album. did that, but his, uh, yeah, his, well, let's see what's on his Facebook right now. Uh, I mean, clearly he's a fan. Oh, he's, he's got, his, his profile photo right now is Stevie Wonder that okay. he drew. Right on. Now, and is it's it very, straight ahead or is it, oh. Oh, man. That's awesome. And another, okay, so back to, you know, one of my favorite things about the video is mm-hmm. how when it goes from Music Jail Part 1 to Part 2, yes. you know, and the music picks up, how um, there's color all of a sudden. Because it's previously yeah. just been kind of like this creamy, just like black and like cream, black and white. stepping into Oz out of the house. Right, you know? exactly. Like, and there's that little like floral pattern behind the bird what do you call that where it's, it's like wallpaper yeah oh what what do you call what when it goes to color from well, black and white it's it's like they superimposed this floral yeah. pattern in the background and it 
it moves differently. Like it's not animated. It's like no. I don't know. Like he could have taken it's a just... camcorder and just filmed some wallpaper. I mean, if they were going old school, it could have been, you know, the animations were on transparent or, yeah. you know, kind of a translucent paper, and they're just, like, rolling, just, like, feeding through this thing with flowers on it. I bet that's what they did. Yeah. Or if it's or if it's all computer. I don't know. I'll have to ask him about his process for sure when he's on. I'm, I'm sure really curious. Be, like, I'm sure that'll be a long episode. I'll ask him about, like, ha- everything he's done, and then we'll talk about put it to the test. Exactly. I'm, I'm really curious about, you know, and the, it's perfect. You know, when he goes into part two, like that little bird guy, you know, it's one of the three little birds in that guy's head. And that's like the embodiment, yeah. <laughs> the embodiment of Flansburg is this little, I was it reveals, like, yeah, the little voice. It's yeah, the just bird so is adorable. For this, uh, yeah. Little birdie Flans. <laughs> and the way he and delivers that bird. pensive vocal, like, you know, it perfectly fits this cute little this little bird. Oh, and we kind of skipped over the swirling, like the whirlpool from part one to part two. Yeah. Which is during the little like cyclical bump, 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 And things just start like swirling around like crazy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's it settles down and there's that bird with the flowers in the back. It's perfect. There's a little bit of like yellow submarine in there. Oh, it's oh yeah. You know. The trippy, like kid-like, but could but a little creepy, kids, like British sensitive animation. Sensitive kids would have nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the blue meanies. Because there's some pretty right. freak show creatures oh, in yeah. that animation, oh, too. I, yeah. bet, I bet he drew some inspiration from that. You know, I've shown some adult uh, TMBG videos to my kids. Like, we got done with the program, the They Might Be Giants program. So we had just, like, a chill day. I'm like, you guys have worked really hard. And they voted, like, I let them vote, like, we can either watch our own program, you can watch yourselves, kids like to do that. We can watch the other school do the same program if you want to see them do it. Or we could just watch some They Might Be Giants videos that you've never seen before, because there's literally (laughs) hundreds. And they're like, more They Might Be Giants! Right answer. (laughs) I showed them, like, the Mesopotamians, and, you know, you just, like, cough when they say damn, you know, just like, Um, But, like, he did that one. And they thought it was hilarious. Like when I can't remember Asher Bonapelt, one of them, they're like jaw falls off while he's singing. Yeah. And it's like it's a little gross. darker. Yeah. It's a little darker than the kids <laughs> videos, but kids, I mean, at least the boys, they find it hilarious, you yeah. know? And then when that goat jumps out at the end, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so you probably can't guy, get away with showing crazy bastard though. <laughs> right. So uh, damn good times. Right. Or, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so David Callis has done both. He's okay. done videos for kid songs and adult songs. It seems almost about equally talented guy. That yeah. little that little boot. I just have to talk about the little boot with the nail in it that looks uh, like peeks uh-huh. out and it's all scared, and then it hops off, and then the bigger boot with the hammer pops out. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna get that. <laughs> you know, it's so perfect. I just you know, it's so funny. Oh, my God. I'd be interested to find out how long this took, because, like, I had Victor Fitzsimmons on, who's done two of their videos. I had him on um, It Said Something off Phone Power. I'm sure you listened to that one, and he oh, yeah. said how Flans gave him two weeks to do it, and he's yeah. like, shit! He's like, fuck! <laughs> he's like, the other one took me, like, three months! Yeah! Animation Flans, is not a quick process. <laughs> no. You know, I, Flans, my sister Flans, does, stop motion, does stop motion animation. Oh, really? So she lived in my oh house my for a long time and we painted, we rented this farmhouse. And so we ran an animation studio 
out of the house and I was the musician like I scored all the all the animations nice. and it would just it took months I mean you get like 14 seconds after working for <laughs> just so many hours uh, yeah did you watch Parks and Rec were you a Parks and Rec fan no I haven't seen it no it's on my oh, list oh my god okay so Adam Scott his character uh oh god I'm forgetting which exact story uh, he so he loses his job or he quits I don't remember. So he's unemployed for a little bit and he's like this kind of workaholic guy where like, so he like doesn't know what to do with himself. So he takes up all these hobbies. He creates a board game called the Cones of Dunshire, <laughs> uh, which ends up becoming really popular. But So he takes up stop motion animation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, yep. and he's like, when uh, Leslie, when Amy Poehler, when Leslie Nope comes home, his wife, he's like, look at what I look, check out what I did today. And <laughs> It's R.E.M.'s song, Stand, uh-huh. and it's a little guy, it's a claymation guy laying out of bed, <laughs> and he, like, stands up and gets out of bed. So the song goes, stand in the place where you, and then it just ends, yep. and he's like, that took five hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely accurate. It takes so long. We've got, like, four or five videos, like, oh, it took yeah. forever. <laughs> I'd love to see those. You should. Uh... Oh, I'll hook you up. I got. Yeah, dude, if they're on YouTube, uh, at me, bro. I will. You know, I'll, uh, I'll check those out and retweet some of those. It's your sister and you did the music? Yeah, yeah. So my sister awesome. and I put out an album for her college project, and we did a stop-motion ah. video for that. And then she also did my progressive rock band. We did like a sci-fi alien stop-motion video. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's pretty. That. It's impressive. Like, and then we also, <laughs> we she also reanimated a bunch of dead mice. What? So she took a actual bunch, dead mice. Yeah. So we lived at the Ew. farm, and we would come across these like pretty intact. Dude, you, I'm a '90s kid. All right, we love the grotesque stuff. We love sure. we love the gross stuff. So well, I we, grew up in the suburbs. So I'm you know they weren't you know if we had mice in the house we'd kill them and throw them away. <laughs> okay. Okay. They get caught in the trap. Yeah. Yeah. But she would take the the mice that were in pretty good shape, shape she would taxidermy <laughs> them, and then she would animate oh, them. Man. And so we've got oh, a series called Mouse and House of about four videos of us animating and doing, you know, I did the sound and the music and stuff, and it's it's Are impressive. those on YouTube? They're, on, they're not on YouTube. They're on um, uh, one of the other Because I'd like to see websites. the comments on something like that. I don't know if there are any, but like, I'll, I'll send them up. to you. Like you, you would be impressed. Like I was impressed. <laughs> it just sounds creepy. I got to see it. No, it it's a, creepy it's not hell. creepy at all. It's it's adorable. It's okay. it's so cute. Like I'll I'll find you a link and I'll punt it over to you. <laughs> so does it end up more like Wes Anderson, like uh, Fantastic oh, Mr. Fox? Much more like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anything else to say about the video before I give Catherine Moore a call about Edith Head? No, that about <laughs> covers it. I just, I love the video, you know? I, it's great. I, I really need to watch more of their videos because they are conduits for a lot of successful and talented people, you know? And they just yeah. find people that support their vision of the music. Like, I will say that this video augmented my view of the song, you know? And that's... yeah. That's it what you just, want out of a video. You know, it makes me like the song more. Yeah, I, you know, I'll stumble ac- across videos for, I don't know, I was I was like on this big kick of uh, the, st- uh, the Strokes and seeing all these Strokes videos from like 10 years or more ago mm-hmm. that like from their middle period albums that have like a lot of good songs but kind of got written off. And there's these videos they made, you know, and they're major label budget videos <clears throat> and they're super cool. There's this one 
for this song that Doppelpopoulos is going to cover, I mm-hmm. figured out the guitar part for it. It's called You Only Live Once, and this is from 2006. So definitely, I think they invented YOLO. Uh, <laughs> you Only Live Once is the name of the song. <laughs> they pioneered and, that. And, <clears throat> right, and they're just playing in this kind of, it looks like kind of like a bunker or almost like a uh, the bottom of a big swimming pool or something. But you can't see where they're at exactly. But like when they get to the first chorus... This black water just starts flying out of these vents on the side. And by the end of the song, they've drowned. And it's just like the coolest thing because it's just a performance (laughs) video, basically. They're just playing, but the water's just rising the whole way until the fab, the drummer, he's just like, (laughs) he's just like splashing around like his lips barely above water. It's the coolest thing. And I'm like, man. I like that song already, but that video, I'm just like, Isn't that funny. And now, and now, when I listen to the song, like I'm picturing them drowning at the end. Like, yeah, it's just it like it's become one thing. I see these characters when I hear music jail. You know, so. yeah, I know. You can't not like the little bird is always singing yeah. part two. I was not <laughs> oh, Flans is a bird. It's uh, great. It's so, perfect. I'll definitely ask that guy, uh, David, about his process. Yeah. For vid- music and uh, the videos in general, but you should also watch that Victor Fitzsimmons. Uh, his uh, it said something. I know you've listened to all the episodes, but if you haven't seen that, they definitely share some sensibilities. David Cowles and and okay. Victor Fitzsimmons. While David Cowles, I'm fairly certain, is making a living as an artist. Uh, mm-hmm. Victor just does it as a hobby or whatever, and. That's why I was especially freaky when Flans was like, you got two weeks. And he's like, I got a day job and I've got to make it. They might be Giants right? music video. Yeah. But it's super cool and also features a hammer <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. Um, uh, so I think at this point, it probably cuts to the cover section. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, so here's where I play uh, Spanish Flea and it's his technical difficulties. Please stand by. <laughs> Sounds so, good, man. All right, all right I'm going to let you go Sounds and good. Uh, make, it, make another call. Good luck to you, man. I'll send you the <laughs> audio. <laughs> cool. All right, thanks. Later. <laughs> Bye. Let's get to this cover section. Yes. The first one. Bring on the covers. <laughs> the first one I put cover in quotes. Now, this did Ratmos you read all one. the descriptions on Ratmos? This is uh, soundcloud.com slash Ratmos, R-A-T-M-O-S. <laughs> and he dubs it TMBG lyric cover. Did you read this whole? There's a huge description. I didn't read it, but read I listened this. to it. I was like, he completely rewrote the song. He took the lyrics of which we kind of observed. There aren't a lot, right? Right. And he just, he completely rewrote the song. And not only that, like it's in six, eight, the first half, like, <laughs> well, here's the deal. So I've, I've played this guy's stuff every time I do a glean song, uh, because here, here's what he did. He, he, uh, in 2015, he said, I noticed they were releasing the lyrics to the songs a day before they released okay. the audio. This gave me an idea. What if I took the lyrics and tried to write my own version of the song based solely on the words? This playlist is a collection of songs where I sing Team BG's lyrics, but I accompany it with my own music. Uh, I have been writing these songs as soon as possible after the lyrics come out and before I listen to the music. Asterisk, though, he said, since this one was released so early in the 2015 cycle, January 26th, right? Uh, 
he he says i'd already decided to do my cover project by the time music jail was released but i listened to it anyway because i couldn't curb my curiosity uh, okay and anyway that means my take on the lyrics probably got biased by hearing the song first and particularly the second half of my track changes tempo just like the original does yeah. but yeah it's uh it's his own thing it's in a different what key. a cool idea that's i know right it's wacky Won't you come with me to music jam? Where you going, darling? Where you going, darling? Where you going, darling? Where you going, darling? Won't you come with me to music jam? Let's form a band. Let's take a stand. I dig it too. Like, let me just say, I dig it. I think it's, it's, I love all of these covers, you know, um, total trip. He, (laughs) he, he completely rewrote the song. (laughs) (laughs) It's in six, eight for that first part, that kind of lilting quality. Then it goes into the straight four feel for part two. The melody is like completely different. Uh, but as great as it is, can you really call it a cover? <laughs> well, that, that's why, I mean, I like that he says lyric cover. Yeah. Because really he's only taking the lyrics. But yeah, that's why I put cover in quotes and do this one first because it's not really a It's got like a Violet cover, Femmes vibe. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's a really unique idea. And I have fun listening to these every time a Glean song comes up because he did it for all of them, I believe. <laughs> Pretty wild. All right, so let's move on to uh, friend of the pod and former guest. Um, people just heard her talking about Don't Let's Start covers on that Patreon episode. This is uh, Dana Williamson on six-string electric viper violin. Uh, let's hear her cover.
Where you going, fellow? Where you going, fellow? Where you going, fellow? Where you going, fellow? I seeing here, Greg? Clearly, <laughs> clearly, this is some kind of violin. Yet it's got like a flying V guitar body shape. Yeah, it's fretted, and I think, uh-huh. it, like you said, it's got six strings. What is this thing? It's called a viper. Is that? It's a six-string electric violin. What? Yeah. What? How's it tuned? Like, what chord shapes do you use for it? Oh. Boy, what did she? Oh, boy, what did she say? Um, let me send her a quick message here and see if she gets back to me quickly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, because I've never seen this thing before. How is the Viper tuned? All right, we'll see if she gets back to me I'm, while we're still I'm recording. Intri- she earned me. Uh, I mean, I earned. I, I, I subscribed. I was like, what the hell am I looking at? Because I was so intrigued by this. And like, I'm super impressed by her arrangement. And I was like, okay, that fretboard is like crowned. You know what I mean? Like it arches. Mm -hmm. So I know Mm -hmm. most bowed, I'm not a, not a string player, but I know uh, most bowed violin, viola type instruments, you can't play all the strings with that bow at the same time because of that arch. So, uh, she shreds. With those scale runs too on that, yeah, it sounds great, and I love. I mean, the parts that I mean, obviously she's she's rocking that violin part straight up. I mean, the song has violin, and she rips it right. But then when she's getting to the chording part, she's doing what you'd call a double stop on a string instrument because you you can play two, okay, you know, strings at a time, um, and yeah, just the different little little chords that she does. Worked perfectly. She did good. I mean, and she's, she's singing while she's doing it. Feel. She's stuck to the feel, but I mean, she really. You have to. You have to make it your own if you're playing it on the flying V six stringed uh, alien violin instrument. You know, like <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed by this, and maybe it's just because I've never seen or heard of this instrument before. But like. She's kind of blowing my mind a little bit, and she sings it just fine. She's doing those off beats and those plucks. Mm-hmm. part one and mm-hmm. um i love what she does during the transition those kind of runs really like it uh, you know it, just the uniqueness of the instruments like it's blowing my mind right now she she yeah super impressed dana very cool yeah great job great job and i th- i think i may have played that on the uh dana was on a strings patreon episode over a year ago uh-huh. at this point uh, and I know one of them had picked Music Jail to talk about. It might have yeah. been her. And I know we played her cover in there, but it may or may not have been in the free portion of the episode. So I wanted ah, to before I definitely a get that patron. one. <laughs> have you not come back and listened to all the Patreon I need to, yet? you know, because like some I said, content I've there. told you at the top of this is uh, I, listen to, I listen to all of them. I go running like, you know, four or five miles, like five, six days a week. And so I listen to my podcast then. We're in oh, the wait, pandemic, are you, so are you on the $2 to tier or the $5 tier? <laughs> oh, okay. A lot of them are only at the five dollar tier. You bastard! <laughs> <laughs> smart, I smart. Know, That's I why know. I haven't heard it. Okay. <laughs> That's smart, man. So, 
let's move on over to this uh, Glean for Australia. So this was uh, this is a Bandcamp compilation. You can find all at gleancover.bandcamp.com. We mentioned Michael Valenchik uh, organized yeah. this. This was when I mean this was just just pre-pandemic. Australia right was getting hit with all these wildfires. Yeah, that other natural disaster, you know, that happened right before this that we kind of like forgot about. I mean, unless you live in Australia, I'm sure you haven't forgotten about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got pounded. Yeah, fires and then and then pandemic. But so this was uh, it's a it's free for download. But you're there's some links and you're encouraged to donate to uh, some uh, charities that help out with those those efforts for those wildfires there. Uh, now the first one we're going to listen to is um, and you're you're all over this compilation. You are on. Yeah, isn't like four. Let's see a race with Stephen Reed. Um, Let's see. You're with Vernon Harmon. I'm mad at my challenge you to yeah. a duel. Uh, let's see. And then, yeah, we're going to hear you on uh, with a group called Rigorous Investigation. We're going to hear you do music jail. Yeah. And then you're with Joseph Adams on Unpronounceable. I think I got all of them. Oh, I and was then, on uh, I Can Help the Next in Line, too. There you go. Okay. So That's a lot, man. So I'm on this, I think, I'm on this three times, uh, uh, credited as this might be a podcast, I do answer. Nice. Uh, I drum for uh, Noah Daniels on, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, together with uh, Avery Keating, we do, uh, under the name The Purple Pansies, we do End of the Rope. Yeah. I'm drumming on that. Yeah. <laughs> I love how that, that thing turned out, you know, all of the, all of these comps. You know, fan made comp projects have been so fun, so fun, so great. So let's uh, let's listen to this OK Glass version, and it's it's labeled as Music Jail Part Three and Four. Come with me to music Amoral in general, but the American prison system is an industry built on keeping minorities and the lower class powerless. Where'd you going, fellow? Where'd you going, fellow? Where'd you going, fellow? Where'd you going, fellow? You going, fellow? Won't you come with me to music? Frankly, 
love the beginning, like Tom Waits' voice. Yeah. We talked about how Flans gets a creepy voice going on the on the on the original, but this one, man, it's like spooky. to the power of ten. Like, yeah, they just totally <laughs> creepo it out at the beginning there. It's 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 like a folky <laughs> punk thing they did with this. I, I, yeah, there's I love what a they lot going on in this cover, and uh, I think they shorten it just a little bit. Uh, it, it comes in at under three minutes, two and two and a half. But there's some there's some parts, yeah, where it does get a little folk punkish. There's you're hearing you hear some xylophone, perhaps just yeah. Perhaps there's some mallet things going in there that I love. Like what a yeah. great idea. And you hear, I think you hear recorder at yep. one point. You hear accordion. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. There's a little breakdown on part two. I think it is on the part two part. Are there it goes horns in almost in the kind of like section? a Latin feel. I don't think so. What is that? I don't know. There's a lot going on in this one. Yeah, it's so dense. Yeah. Horns, I'm not sure. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does sound like you get some some brass. Yeah. And then a little uh, (laughs) political message in the middle there about jails being amoral. Yeah, the monologue there. there. I thought that was a nice touch. Right. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Glass. I gotta find find out this person's real name. I know we yeah, follow each other on, on the Twitter. pod, man. I I was impressed by this. Yeah. So much energy in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it transitions then, to like the samba beat for part two. Yeah, so saying like a little Latin feel. It kind of brings the the so vibey, man. The dynamics down. Yeah, it just it goes a ton of places. In uh, they're they're really creative with the arrangement, and this is one of those songs, obviously, that you can just take it and run with it, right? It's easy to, I mean, it's inspiring. You know, doing a cover, mm-hmm. you're like inspired. So, yeah, and then and then the second part of part two gets like a little more aggressive, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, how are you gonna insane. how are you gonna pick which parts of this you're gonna play, man? Like I don't know. There's so much <laughs> going on. I mean, you're gonna be working over you know, I was saying you were so efficient, but like this this one's gonna throw a wrench in your gears, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, we're going on an hour and fifteen minutes here, oh. so we're getting uh, it's it'll be a longer episode. Oh <laughs> uh no, it was just a well, I'm no perfect Till, length. But, uh... This this song deserves it. Yeah. Well that, <laughs> that song just had so many so many uh, covers. Oh, Dana got back to me. Okay, she says oh. the Viper, the electric violin. It's in fifths, like a violin or viola. Huh. But F F is the lowest. So typical typical violin uh, four string is the low string is G goes G D A and then the high E. So here in this case, uh, you get two lower strings. You get F C and then G D A five. That is so yeah. cool. And she says, sometimes I lower my F a half step so she can get the low open E okay. like on a guitar. Here, I'm just going to tell her. Uh, <laughs> Does she want to be in my band? That we're talking about her. <laughs> <laughs> Dana, move to Oregon. <laughs> so we're talking about you. <laughs> what a All right, so then, so then further down the comp... Uh, we get this band called Rigorous Investigation, Music Jail Part 5 and 6. And this is uh, Mike Havnot, not his real last name. Yeah. Mike Havnot, not sure what his real last name is, uh, on lead vocals. He's a guy who has uh, popped up in cover sections, usually on the ukulele. Great uh, then, voice, man. You want to talk about yeah. character in your voice. This guy. So, a little smoky. Yeah, so 
I wanted to sing this like, you know, and this is one of those songs that like we kind of inherited because people jumped ship, right. As they do with Mm. these types of projects. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. And then, and then he's like, well, I want to sing. I'm like, Oh, I better let him sing it. (laughs) Cause cause he sings so good. That's why you went ahead and did your own too, which we will get to next. So then you're you're playing the saxes, alto and berry, yep. and guitar, and then Greg Last on organ, drums, and bass, and you guys take it full ska. Yeah. Are you a ska fan? Yeah, I mean anything with horns, like sure. I, 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 you know, I didn't listen to ska growing up, so I don't have that affinity to it. But when I hear it, I'm like, this is awesome because I like punk music. I love the energy. I, I think ska is like one of those things that you can only that I, I can only listen to so much of, and then I'm burned out on it. Like, mm. but it's it's like so sweet, you know. It's like eating. I can't eat a ton of junk food, but I can just have that one little piece and really love it. You know what I mean? So, so whose idea in the group was was to take uh, this? Scott? You know, most of this credit I think has to go to Greg. Last, he he basically, you know, we kind of came on board and we all wanted to do it, and uh, we all just kind of made it work. But Greg had a vision for this, um, and he did most of the arrangement and the instrumentation. He mixed it too, and. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds great. Yeah, it turned out really good. It turned out way better than it had any right to, you know. <laughs> Considering it was rushed and it was like this thing's due in like two days, do it. We're like, okay. <laughs> um, it turned out so good, and it's it's oh, really it's great. Awesome. And then of course, you know, Mike, his delivery is so good. I, I love yeah. it. I'm really pleased with how it came out. You know, not what I envisioned, but I was like, this is great. Really impressed. <laughs> well, so then. You, you you realized your full vision by doing the song yourself, another version of it, uh, for the They Pay Tribute Volume 2 
tribute album, tribute double album put together by Adam Rivera. Yeah. Now tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm going to go ahead. I'll, I'll play it right here. Tell us about uh, how this came to be. So, you know, I heard Adam was doing the They Pay Tribute Volume 2, and I'm like, hey, Adam, I got to be on this, you know. Did, <laughs> didn't really know him, but just kind of like volunteered myself, right? So he and I were, you know, kicking around ideas of what, what I could do, and I knew immediately that I wanted to do my own version of Music Jail because, you know, I had, I had 
so many ideas that we just, you know, but when you do these collabs, you got to go with the flow, right? So the glean mm-hmm. for us, to, it turned out so good. Zero complaints. Turned out great. But I had some ideas that we couldn't really fit in and it was rushed. And so, yeah. And, and of course, Adam, being the savvy guy that he is, he's like, I want original, um, I want covers that are uh, just for this. I don't want them like already released. I don't want to take them from Green, Glean from Australia, which is really smart, I think, for him. So, but I wanted to do like a more kind of pop punk version. I like, I really enjoy doing like the uber produced, super arranged recording stuff. Like that's really fun for me. Yeah. It totally lends itself to a, to a pop punk thing. The song does, you know, when you listen to the original. So I just wanted to, I wanted to do that. And obviously I play the saxophones. I don't play the strings. I thought it would be cool to do, you know, to, to do a little bit of a ska thing, but maybe make it a little more pop punk and more polished, I think, than the, the one we did with the Glean for Australia. So, dude, you go sax to the max on yeah. this thing. <laughs> Steamy hot sax all over. <laughs> yeah, it's so sexy. You, you play it almost in a round. You get these little echoes going uh, between the saxes, and it's so thick with harmony. It's just yeah. uh, that was a mistake. Awesome. Originally, like so. <laughs> For real? <laughs> For real. Like I was, uh, you know, I just did block kind of parallel harmonies originally, and then. Um, I did like an export so that I could, uh, because you know, these, some of these projects, they get so dense that your operating system just can't handle all the tracks. So I mixed them down and I dropped them in and I didn't line them up right. Mm. And so there was like this echo thing. I was like, that sounds really cool. So happy accident. <laughs> and so then I re-recorded it and kind of made that work, but that was inspired by an accident, you know? Awesome. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing sounds awesome. I love the energy on it. The energy is is fantastic. I love the bridge section. Like, can, can you say you love something about your own cover? Like, yes, <laughs> that, you that, may. Dun, 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 with the like the sixteen, like the subdivisions. Like, I love yeah. that part. That's like my yeah. Favorite you give part it the breakdown. Two hands on the hi hat. Yeah, I'll I'll play yours in full. Yours will get the full yes the full treatment. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, it's great. It, it, the, uh, you know, the Barry Sachs, I didn't want to do the bass clarinet part, you know, not because mm-hmm. it's not amazing and, and isn't an integral part of the song, but as I figured it was too on the nose. So I didn't really do that. I just kind of wrote my own little horn parts, um, sure. incidental horn parts just to change it up a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I mean the back half of the song, I took the character in a different direction. I belted it. You know, instead of falsettoing it, you right? Know, that's like the top yeah. of my. So I'm a baritone. You know, you you're a tenor, right, Greg? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, you're a real tenor. So like, I'm I'm what they call a fake tenor or like a baritone with tenor envy. Like, I love to sing in that range. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, like Flansburg. Uh, Flansburg's a real tenor. I feel like Linnell. I feel like is more of a baritone. Mm-hmm. You know, these yep. are all these are all broad descriptors that we make up and attribute to voices. It's like made up. It doesn't really mean shit. They've both got big ranges. But so like if I'm going to get up there and it's going to sound good, I'm going to have to like scream my ass off. And that's right. what I did in the recording. I just <laughs> screamed my yes. ass off. So. Well, it's punk rock. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so then you made this amazing video. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, your your video chops are, are just as good as your your production audio chops. Oh, that's it's, kind. Uh, like, it looks great. Video... 
if you're a, an artist, he said, elite, you know, with his elitist voice, I'm an artist. Um, but if you like, <laughs> if you like to make music, um, you know, in the current age, I feel like video is a big part of that. So it's kind of like, it's a necessary evil. So, I mean, I'm just kind of like recording. I just fucking figured it out. You know, I'm like, I go on message, message boards. I go to YouTube videos and learn about stuff. And, and if you're driven to, you know, to create video as an extension of your art, like it's, it's, it's just, like I said, it's a necessary evil. So like, I wouldn't say mm -hmm. I'm great at it. Like, I just have a few tricks that I'm really good at, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It, it it looks fantastic. Well, so yeah, people should go and check this out on your YouTube channel. Um, which just I mean, if they search for Kai Pfeiffer, they'll find it, right? Yeah, K Y F I F E R. Mm hmm. And so you put this together to help Adam promote a little bit, to sell his uh, his uh, extra stock. He of has wares to peddle, Gregory. He uh, right. he's got some leftover. This is originally a Kickstarter project. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you cannot hear these tracks online anywhere. No. You can only hear them on the CD. Yeah. Uh, well, I suppose now we can hear yours on YouTube. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you got the little promotional tag at the end there with Adam's voiceover guy. Yeah, that guy's um, got a great voice. Thanks for listening to Kai's version of Music Jail, a song by one of the greatest bands of all time. They might be giants. Kai recorded this version for They Pay Tribute Volume 2, a massive two-disc cover album dedicated to the Johns and all their brilliant musically creative splendor. Interested in hearing a variety of gifted musicians put a unique spin on other Linnell or Flansburg gems? Email Adam Rivera at the address listed in the description for this video while supplies last. Kai has both original music and more cover tunes on the way. Be sure not to miss out and follow him on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. And so it says at the end, yeah, you can email uh, Adam. It's it, James K. Folk instead yep. of James K. Folk. James K. Folk at gmail.com to get And you're all Adam over Rivera this comp. To buy stuff. Too. I am. Yes. And a couple of the things I've done collaborating with people for uh, episodes. You've got some with, really uh, cool covers on here, man. Thank I mean, everybody you. does. Like they're all cool. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great comp. Yeah, the, two discs. The first disc, uh, Flans covers, and then second disc, great Linnell art. Covers. I mean, if you look at the way it was put together, whoever whoever he got to do the album art and and the t shirt. That's my favorite TMBG t shirt. Is the the shirt that he put together with the stripes and the skull that says they on the forehead, like Yeah, a very Linnell shirt. I think awesome. I've been pretty vocal about this. I'm like TMBG guys gotta get Adam and they gotta get Abby Bash on the yep. payroll, man. Mm-hmm. Because they put out <laughs> some really cool stuff and like I mean, I'm not knocking what they have. They've got some good stuff in the TMBG shop, but I don't I don't like it as much as <laughs> what Abby as the and, fan and Adam yeah. put together. So yeah, <laughs> I believe the art on it might have been, you know, it might have been Owen Blafus who was just on an episode here. Might be the one that does oh, no the art for this. I could be, I could be wrong. I would need to check that. Uh, yeah, but man, uh, fantastic cover section for this song, and it's it's a hard song, so yeah. it's it's one that was great that I got a bunch of covers on it. So unique, um, all of them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are to the portion of the show where you must score this song. Ah, yes. I've known this is coming, <laughs> Greg. So I'm thinking about it. Okay. I've got a few favorite songs to compare this to. 
you know, as the kids like to say, and, and like we said earlier, this song slaps. It's a slapper. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my favorite TMBG songs include Birdhouse, obviously. I'm I'm so basic in my <laughs> TMBG love, but I love Birdhouse. It's a great song. Anyone who denies Birdhouse is, right? is lying. It's brilliant. Uh, Spiraling Shape is a favorite. Love that uh-huh. song. Mm-hmm. No One Knows My Plan is a favorite. You know, I, I love that song. Um, and then for Flans, I love that version of Boat of Car on Album Raises. I love that version. Yeah. Cloisonnais uh, <laughs> is another favorite. You know, mm-hmm. Careful What You mm-hmm. Pack. I love his pop punk stuff that is just so effortless. You know, he craps it in his sleep. Uh, you know, sleeping in the flowers, uh, that kind of stuff. All that to say, Greg, that this may not come as a surprise to you or, or your listeners after hearing me blab on about this, but I gotta, I gotta go ten, man. I mean, yeah. for fuck's sake, I covered it twice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not an Abby Bash in that I'm gonna give everything a ten. Just kidding, Abby. Just kidding. Um, you know, but this song to me has nothing that I don't like about it. Not mm-hmm. one thing. It has a lot of the TMBG stuff, staples, pushes the envelope a little with that kind of the quirky string arrangement. And, you know, I love the woodwinds and, and the horns. It's got that freaky circus vibe. It's got the character voices. There's nothing I don't like about it. Nothing. And I, I'm happy to thumb wrestle anybody who disagrees so long as there is hand sanitizer around because of the pandemic. But... <laughs> That's how serious I am about this. You know, I, I gotta go 10. Gotta. Yeah. Such a yeah, good dude. song. This one's gonna be pretty high for me too. I think it's one it's one of the best tracks off Glean. Yeah. And it's it's a crowning achievement in Flan's whole catalog, I think. Yeah. It's just a very fully realized song and the arrangement, you know, with all the dudes is just incredible. And it's just it it sticks out in in the best way on that Glean track list. Like it, it does. You know, first listen through, you're like, whoa, this one, this is different. Yeah. Uh I think I gotta go. I need I'm, a cigarette. I'm going. I'm going eight point five. Very respectable. Yeah. Very respectable. Yep. Yeah. That's. Uh, let's see. The highest score I've given since December, tying Flans a snowball in hell back on the yeah. Heavy Bash episode. Yep. Yeah. It's a fantastic song. So we've already plugged your stuff a little bit, but what else you got to plug or, or reiterate to the plugs uh, for the people? Yeah, I mean, I'm no Greg Simpson, but I put a lot of stuff out. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I just put out an album uh, with a group. So I met this rando on Reddit, and I don't even know his name, but we we made an album together, and it's very what? like <laughs> <laughs> you don't know his name. I don't know his name. He goes by Lefty Guitarist. Huh. Like that's that's what he calls himself, and so we, we we call ourselves the ineffectuals. He's a quirky guy. Like he he won't tell me who he is. Like I I put it on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, do you want to be paid for your contributions to these songs? He's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so are these all originals? Yeah. Oh no, there is wow. a. I don't know if you've heard of this little band called the Beatles. We cover. Uh, <laughs> we thought we'd give them a leg up, and we'd uh, cover their song, their lesser known song, "Come Together," and so that's on there. <laughs> <laughs> but so nice. I just put that out in December. Like it was like December 31st that, that I released it. And it's called Zero Progress is the name of it. And actually it's kind of a departure for me. It's it's kind of mid-fi, lo-fi, you know? Okay. Because uh, usually I go for uber polish, but this is not that. So it's got kind of a 60s vibe, a lot of it. 
Cool. Um, so cool. just released that. You know, um, awesome. I, I mean, I'm in a progressive rock band called Phil Hellman, and I've got two albums out. Those are on streaming services, and and uh, you know, there's all the cover. My YouTube, I put try to put out a cover song every month. Um, but really, if you want to, you want to kind of keep track of what's going on with me. I think the easiest way, instead of going to all these different places, just go to my website, kaifeifer.com. Um, there you go. It looks like a train wreck right now, but by the time this posts, it'll be so perfect, you guys. <laughs> um, and I'm on Twitter. I don't use it much. And I'm on Instagram. I'm on there a lot. You see a lot of unique stuff there. And I have a Patreon, you know, so if you're interested in having a say in what I cover and how I do it, um, you can be part of that community, too. Hey, what's your uh, Instagram handle again? Uh, it's just Kai Pfeiffer. I there think, or is it instant? Well, shit, I should probably know this, man. I should have prepared. It might be Ginchi. That's kind of my other handle, too. Ginchi? Ginchi. G I N C H Y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a 50s nice. term. It's like a beatnik term for cool. Ginchi. It's the Ginchiest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everybody go, go check out this dude's stuff. There's a lot of Kai out there that's uh, all worth checking out. And people can find this might be a podcast all over. Uh, get at me with your thoughts at uh, email me. This might be a pod at Gmail or leave me a voicemail 224-801-2930. Uh, a lot of combos happen over on Twitter. That's this might be a pod. And then on Instagram, I'm trying to get that going a little more. It's this might be a podcast with underscores between all of the words. And yeah, Patreon. Uh, if you want to be as awesome as Kai and, uh, support me and all the time i spend on this thing i it's highly recommend it com. i highly yeah. recommend it it's a fun group we, I we mean, get if, some good swag if you're yeah i mean great t-shirt by abby you know it's uh, one of my other favorite shirts you know um and the community there is really really cool i mean if you if you like the miscellaneous tea group you're you you'll love uh You'll love Greg's uh, Patreon. Very cool. This is like super miscellaneous teeth. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's the the cream of the crop. Go over a there. level deeper. Yeah. Join so the yeah. Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. Yep. Uh, Kai, thanks again for being on. It's it's great to finally you know really chat chat face to face. Real man. Over I mean, video. Yeah. Long overdue. We're like we're like very similar, man. Definitely. We are. I mean, TMBG nerds, parents from Pennsylvania. We don't do drugs. We're both like straight edge. I don't drink. You know, you got adorable children, you know, and <laughs> you got one on the way. You're going to have two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. I don't know if I'm the first yeah, you, person to say that. You got a little boy, right? Yeah. I've got two yeah. myself. Two, huh? two little boys. You're going to have two little girls. Oh. Yeah. You know, our wives are too good for us. <laughs> so, True. you know. <laughs> We're very similar, man. It's it kind of two peas in a pod over here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. Yeah, great talking to you. Thanks for being on, man. That was a that was a blast. A pleasure. 